Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and uh, we're gonna have a special episode today. Uh, we're gonna talk about the my favorite games of 2017. So a couple things about that. Obviously, a lot of people do like the the hottest games of 2017 or the best games of 2017. I'm just telling you what my favorite games of 2017 were. So with that being said, I haven't played every game that came out this year. So most likely there might be games on here that you played and I missed, which I'd love for you to leave in the comments uh, if you're on YouTube or, uh, you know, if you're uh, listening on iTunes, you can shoot me an email at uh, gametalkradiowi at gmail.com. Uh, or you can tweet at me at uh, uh, drop rate Greg. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so, but I want to talk about like my favorite games of the year and i want to kind of go a little bit chronologically but kind of talk about like review my year in gaming so it's not going to be an overly long episode but i want to go over some of the things that like really stood out to me this year and a few of the disappointments that you know kind of stood out as well uh obviously the the game awards were a couple weeks ago and and they had all their fun and those are all industry experts but this is coming from like my list comes from if you know me or if you don't Basically, my list just comes from what I play and I like. So this is from a consumer perspective, someone who buys all of their own games, pays money for all their own games, and has limited time to play as an adult uh, that has a life outside of, of playing games. Even though my job technically is to um, sell games, I don't get to play them as often. And, and sometimes you get burned and you honestly don't want to um, play games all the time. But uh, so what I want to do, kind of like a best of, uh, if you haven't seen it already, I did do a... A special Star Wars Episode 8 podcast. I just uploaded that episode, so you should be seeing it really soon, uh, around the same time as this one. That one's a separate episode because I all I literally talked about was Star Wars. But go check it out. If you've already seen the movie, it's obviously full of spoilers, so don't watch it if or don't listen to it if you want to watch the movie and not be spoiled. Uh, but this one, this reason this is a little bit shorter is because, one, that was just a 45-minute <laughs> podcast about Star Wars, but uh, mostly because our only topic this week is going to be talking about the best games of 2017. Um, I should say, again, my favorite games. This is not what I think are the best games, just this is kind of my year in review. How about that? Let's, let's call it that. So timeline speaking, I want to start with... Uh, um, like kind of the first game that I played and beat this year for the most part, and that was Resident Evil 7. So Resident Evil 7 came out in January. It got delayed a little bit from the Christmas season, came out in January, which was nice because there was a, a little bit of a lull in January. February was loaded. March was mega loaded. Uh, and then, so it was good to have it come out at a time when there wasn't really anything else coming out. Resident Evil 7 was awesome. It was one of my favorite games of the year. It would definitely be in my top five of the year. It, it had a new feel to it. You had this new first-person perspective, had this horror element that felt like it had been missing. But then after you eased into the game, it started to feel like traditional Resident Evil. And then by the end of the game, you... And uh, and I'll, I'll keep this all spoiler-free, but by the end of the game, you're like, yeah, this is Resident Evil, baby. And so it felt really good. And, and I, I loved the demo. I loved the spookiness of it. I loved the supernatural feel in the beginning of the game. All that sort of stuff built to this, I think a really good experience. I think the game was fantastic and I, I'd love to play another one. I had have no problem going back to third person again, but I mean, first person, the, the game worked well. And then uh, I played it again with some friends and I played the whole game in VR later. And it was one of my favorite VR experiences as well. So yeah, that was uh Resident Evil seven kind of started the, started the year off. Right. Uh, I went from that into a game called Neo. Um, so, Neo is 
made by uh, Team Ninja, and it was their take on a Souls-type game. So an incredibly difficult game. Not that Team Ninja is not already known for difficult games, like their Ninja Gaiden games are usually pretty difficult. But they took their shot at, you go to a, an area, uh, you, 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 you collect souls, essentially when you kill things, if you die, you drop it, if you don't get back to it, you die again, you're dead huge bosses, difficult boss fights, you know, whatever. Um, I like this game. I never ended up finishing it because, well, quite frankly, it's really hard and really annoying. And I've beaten all the Souls game, never had a problem with those. But Neo isn't the same as a Souls game in the sense that it's not quite as fair. So it's not a bad game, but its combat isn't as precise. Its physics and the way the game plays isn't as precise or unique. Or, or it's, I'm trying to think how to say it. It's, it's just a little sloppier. And so when it's a little sloppier, unfortunately, that means that you're getting killed by cheap deaths. And cheap deaths are the worst thing in the world when you have a game that difficult because you're already getting killed when it's not a cheap death and you make a mistake. And then every now and then the game will just randomly throw in a cheap death. But I think overall it was a very strong game. And I, I recommend it to anybody who is into the Souls style of game. It's very fun. Uh, I think they littered the game with too many items. It seems like every guy you kill drops an item, kind of like Diablo. Like there's there's an item and there's an item that's one point better. So you pick that up and then you equip that and it's whatever. And I felt towards the end of the game, I wasn't leveling up enough to like my damage I was doing wasn't enough to take on the enemies I was taking on. This is kind of frustrating. Uh, and, and so anyway, I took a break off from it. I, I played it really hard for like a month and then I took a break and then I went to... Um, I went back to it like a month ago and tried to pick it up. And it was just too, I was too far gone. I was too far out of the controls. I needed to like ease myself in, but I was already near the back half of the game. Like I was probably 75% through the game. So everything I was fighting was super hard now. And I'm like, this just isn't fun. And then I was trying to pull people into the game to help me and people suck. And it is what it is. Uh, and so that was, that was Neo. Uh, and then I, I picked up, a nice I didn't actually play it in February it released in February but I played a game called Night in the Woods and this is an indie game and it was uh it was honestly quite the treat uh it was um it, it was really weird like it's not a game you'd expect to like it was just kind of like a side scrolling there's no combat or anything side scrolling almost like a, an old point and click adventure there's not even really any pointing or clicking like it's it's really a story based game dialogue based and and uh but it had a, a really creepy element to it that builds up and then you find out kind of like the ending of this thing. There's some supernatural. It was really cool. I liked it. I liked that game a lot. It was a neat little gem. Uh, it was like a Kickstarter project that was years delayed. Finally came out and the, the game creator finally realized his vision. So very happy for him. Uh, and then I moved on to a game which I haven't put enough time into, but I want to put more time into because I know it's awesome is Nier. So Nier Automata came out in March. And March is a very busy month. <laughs> so Nier Automata came out and it was by Platinum games and platinum does like bayonetta they did uh, uh metal gear rising and they did a bunch they do a bunch of great hack and slash games this was i think their first game they've done in a while where it was like a it felt like like they were bending the genre they weren't just trying to make an, a third person action adventure game they were actually making like a full-fledged video game with different components it reminded me a lot of a hideo kojima game because it was it wasn't one type of gameplay there was a lot of little different gameplay types like in the very beginning for instance you start off and it's like a shmup almost so you're like going doing like a like a horizontal shooter and then a vertical shooter and then you eventually land and then it's a third person hack and slash and then after you get past the first boss it turns into almost like an open world rpg where you can do side quests and stuff really interesting stuff and i hope they stick with that formula and get to keep building upon that because it was i think it was their best game to date for sure um uh and then 
uh, also in March was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh no, that was was that February technically? I thought that was March. It was either March or it was late February. Either way, I I picked that up and I started playing. And I was like, oh, this is really good. It kind of felt like it's an open world game, so it feels like an Assassin's Creed or like a you know a game like that, except. It had like stealth mechanics almost similar to it had stealth mechanics almost similar to like Metal Gear. So you'd sneak around and get like one hit kills and stuff. So there was a there was a whole lot of really good stuff going on there. And uh, so I liked the game. It was good. Love it. And then I, I told myself, okay, Breath of the Wild's about to come out. And so I told myself, hey, look, I think Horizon Zero Dawn is gonna be a better game than Legend of Zelda. So I'm going to play Zelda first because I want to beat Zelda because I don't want to play Horizon Zero Dawn first, have it be awesome, and then have Zelda be a letdown. That's literally the conversation I had in my head with myself. So then I decided to pick up Zelda, and obviously that, that was another big thing that came out was in March was the Nintendo Switch. So the Switch came out. So we actually had a new console this year, which you don't get to say every year. And so the Switch came out. I picked up the Switch, picked up Breath of the Wild, and uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was an incredible experience so i my 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 thought process with horizon and zelda was the ultimate backfire because after playing zelda i had a hard time going back to horizon zero dawn and i still want to revisit horizon zero dawn i really know i'm missing a good game there and i do want to play through it but i'm getting kind of burned out on that open world game where you have a mini map and it just tells you where to go and just go there and then you follow this and then you do this mission and then oh you have to collect these things that are all marked on the map go do it or you have to find a big metal giraffe so you get on top of him and then it opens up the world map. It's just, eh, you know, it's like I've done that game a million times before. It's Grand Theft Auto. It's it's uh, Red Dead Redemption. It's Just Cause. It's Mafia 3. It's, um, you know, every Assassin's Creed game. Like it felt like all that, even though I know there's a good story buried under there. Uh, and so I played all the way through Legend of Zelda. And I did not play another game until I finished Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was incredible. I, I I absolutely loved it. It was the first Zelda game I finished since Majora's Mask for N64. Well, I should say 3D Zelda. I technically finished Link Between Worlds on the 3DS, which was also a very good game. But I, I'm not a Zelda fan for the most part uh, lately. I was a huge fan of early Zelda games and not so much. Anything 64 beyond, I've not been a huge fan of. And so I, I destroyed that game. I, I played it nonstop. I loved it had a great attachment to it, thought the world was built incredible, thought it was excellent, loved the whole thing. But it backfired, and I never went back to Horizon Zero Dawn, even though I really wanted to. <laughs> so so that kind of went there. And then uh, so the, and then the Switch, uh, you know, had a couple uh, interesting titles come out, like you had ARMS and, and, and uh, Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon come out. Mario Kart 8 I never picked up um, because... Uh, hold on, give me one second. Sorry, like sometimes this happens when you own your own business. People call you in the middle of a... Did you want the drums or the whole stuff for yourself? Oh. All right, cool. Sorry, anyway, I had to answer a work question there. Someone brought in a, a rock band set that worked great and was in great set, and I told Don that I wanted it. So anyway, yeah, take a little break from the podcast to do work stuff. Uh, live bro- li- live podcast, baby. Um, and uh, so the Switch had ARMS. It had Splatoon 2. It had Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart 8 I already played on the Wii U, so I didn't pick it up on the Switch. But during that time when all that stuff was coming out kind of in the spring, I was in Japan. And uh, so if you hadn't heard, I went to Japan where I proposed to my uh, girlfriend, who's now my wife, because we got married in end of October. And uh, Japan was incredible. Um, my Japan trip 
as as a gamer was incredible, but just as somebody who, oh man, I don't, how, how do you say this without like insulting your your home and your own friends? But like, I've always felt like I've I've been somebody who longed for more than what I had around me. And so I've always wanted to achieve more and I've always wanted to see more of the world. And I've always wanted to, like, I felt like I I could do more. And, um, so we went to Japan and it was an incredible country. I mean, it's so damn beautiful and the food is incredible and the people are are incredible. I, I love the way they handle themselves, the way they treat other people. There's a certain level of just common decency and respect, which you just don't see here for the most part and, and just an amazing place. Um, we stayed in Tokyo mostly, but uh, I want to keep this more gaming. Cause I know I talked about Jen and I actually talked about our Japan trip on the podcast back in April. But uh, so it was, it was a great place though. And I got to go game shopping there. And so I went to Akihabara, which is uh, what they would call the otaku region, which basically uh, otaku is kind of your, your nerd uh, in Japan. So you're, you're, people into anime video games that sort of thing otaku and uh so i went to super potato which is the world famous video game store in tokyo which is i think four stories tall it's really interesting you've got like one person like you've got two workers on every floor of this one it's it's such an interesting thing you know it's like i don't know do they talk about who gets to work on what floor like do they have a boss who assigns them a floor like i literally don't know uh, how that all works but when i went there it was super busy uh, like you expect it to be. We went in the spring, obviously, so we got to see the cherry blossoms and stuff. So it's a big touristy time of year for Tokyo and Kyoto. Uh, but uh, so we went there and it was pretty busy. I think we went on like a Wednesday during the day and it was still really busy. <laughs> and uh, but but I went there and it, just looking through all their games was incredible. I I bought a bunch of stuff. I had to ship a box home while still bringing a bunch of stuff with me. I picked up a few physical copies of games that only came out in Japan that we got digital but never physical here. So I did a lot of shopping. I found at Sewer Potato they had a ten cent game bin. It was basically it was it was it was a hundred yen for a game, and so <laughs> you're like ten cents, okay? And um, or no, it was ten yen. Is that what it was? I always get confused. I, I want to say it was a hundred yen, which I'm pretty sure is because a thousand yen is like a buck. So then a hundred yen would be like ten cents, and uh, and uh, so I bought, and it was a bunch of great ps1 rpgs like legend of dragoon and parasite eve and and i found dave this need for speed game that only has skylines in it and he loves this nissan skyline so like for him it was like the greatest gift ever and it, it was it was cool it was a great time so as a gamer it was incredible country to go visit but just as a person who longs to see things beyond himself it also was a really um, really great trip so I went to Japan. So that kind of cut into my gaming plans i actually brought a lot of things along because on the airplane it was a 13 hour flight and if you don't know this about me i hate airplanes (laughs) so i thought i might like die of panic uh, on an airplane so i took my macbook along i took my switch and i took my psp because my psp has like every ps1 game ever made on it and all this other stuff uh unfortunately i didn't use any of those devices because the flight actually had a really cool like netflix type service where they had a bunch of movies that you could stream while you sat there and you had your own TV and every monitor and you had your own remote, you had, you control the volume, you control everything. So I watched a bunch of movies I hadn't uh, caught up on and did a bunch of stuff, but I didn't play much games. 
uh, there or the flight back. I pulled out Zelda a couple times, did a couple shrines, but the problem with me on an airplane is I'm, I'm, I'm such high anxiety the whole time that I have a real hard time focusing on a game, but a movie, I can sit back and just kind of like watch it and kind of zone out. And I think so, so movies are definitely my go-to like form of entertainment on an airplane. Um, so then I got back from Japan and then it was, like I said, you had Mario Kart came out there around that time. And then after that you had arms, uh, which, which were fun. You know, I, I don't want to dump too much on the switch. I like Legend of Zelda, um, but I haven't played Mario Odyssey. So that's unfortunately exempt from this list because I just didn't play it in 2017. I did not play Mario Odyssey, which is, I know it's a really good game. I just have to play it you know and uh but so many other things were coming out and i've been kind of in a gaming funk lately too like it's hard to get motivated to play something um but uh so so switch kind of carried the summer uh switch and indies which were both great so the switch had zelda then arms uh splatoon were carrying me through the summer and then i played a bunch of indie stuff for my youtube channel the drop rate i played a lot of indie games and i did a, i did a series called first 30 which i really enjoyed doing and uh, the first 30 minutes, uh, and so I would time myself to do the first 30 minutes. Now I just do Greg plays because it seems silly to have the 30-minute moniker, even though I play the games roughly still for 30 minutes. Now I don't feel obligated to play for 30 minutes. So, uh, but I played some great ones. Uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice is by Ninja Theory. Uh, Ninja Theory does really, really good games, in my opinion. Uh, they get crapped on a lot because they did... Uh, dmc which was a reboot of devil may cry which a lot of people didn't like i actually liked that game quite a bit but they they did dmc but they did enslaved they did uh heavenly sword for ps3 i mean these are all incredible games um and they did they do really good work and this game was was not any different this was another great one it was independently published by them so now every copy sold now is just money in the bank for them they've recouped all of their losses it's incredible i'm so happy for that studio because i think they're they're an independent studio that pumps out AAA games without AAA money. And uh, it's I'm, I'm really impressed with them, and I hope they can keep up that reputation. But besides Hellblade, uh, one of my favorite games this year was Thimbleweed Park. That is a maniac. It's it's a point-and-click adventure game inspired heavily by Maniac Mansion and, uh, and made by one of the original creators uh, of that uh, game. And it was awesome. It's almost got like an X-Files vibe with the two main characters almost have like a Mulder and Scully vibe. But then you have this really cool, weird, quirky humor. And then this murder mystery going on. It was really, really good. Uh, and then I played a couple of other interesting ones. Uh, I played, uh, road redemption, which was by the guys, by some of the original creators of road rash. And so that was actually pretty fun. That's a, you know, it's a multiplayer. You can actually do four player split screen on PC. Even it's pretty cool, but it's, you know, it's road rash. You kind of go through levels and then you have to beat guys down and kill so many guys. You fight a boss. It's, it's actually pretty fun. Uh, there was a really good beat em up I played called Fight and Rage, which it had the aesthetics of like a really good 16 or th- arcade bit, um, 32 or 16 bit sprites, but they looked incredible and it was really well done. Just a good beat em up, kind of like Final Fight or Streets of Rage. Really, really good. Uh, then I played a really cool, and I got to finish this game still, but a first person shooter, well, first person uh, game called Observer, which uh, was made by like. Uh, blooper team i think they're called and uh they did uh, another game called layers of fear which was like a first person horror game and this was their take on horror but in a cyberpunk future so it had a kind of blade runner feel to it 
very very cool game though and it had like puzzles you had to solve like you, you're in a house and you have to find like the computer and unlock this and do a code and unlock clues it was cool there's like a scanning mode you can scan bio materials so you can scan like a dead body but then you can also scan like a computer super cool um and and it has a horror element to it though too so very very neat uh so observer was really cool and then of course one of the biggest games um to have come out all year that i just could not wait for was cuphead uh, and that game did not disappoint. It certainly wasn't perfect by any stretch, but Cuphead, uh, I finished. Very difficult game. I finished it. Second to last boss can rot in hell because that game is super hard. Uh, but I, I finished up Cuphead and enjoyed every second of it for the most part. Um, the amount of frustration you have when you die is magnified or, or, or toppled only by the amount of satisfaction you have when you beat that boss. And the harder it is, the more satisfaction you get when you beat it it's kind of the dark souls mentality, but I really, really, really enjoyed cuphead visually just stunning to say the least. And, uh, a very, very impressive game. Loved me some cuphead. So finished that beat that was happy with that. Uh, and then I actually beat that on the charity stream. So then, uh, I, I did the charity stream as well. So the beginning of the week after my wedding, actually the Saturday after my wedding was, um, I did a 24 hour live stream. If you, if you don't know, and I raised, um, 20, oh my God, I can't remember. I want to say it was like, I raised like $2,400 or $2,500 for the children's hospital, Wisconsin. Very, very happy about that. Uh, very proud of that. Um, and, uh, so anyway, uh, I, I played and, and I played a ton of PUBG. uh, played a ton of, um, I finished Cuphead, beat Double Dragon 3 in one sitting, uh, played some Mario 3, uh, Jen and I did, and uh, it, it was awesome. So very happy with that. Uh, and then, uh, and, and of course, since I mentioned it, uh, my multiplayer game of the year that I played more than anything was uh, PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. So PlayerUnknown's Battleground was, um, it's a pretty janky game that has real problems with it but I found an immense love for it. It's the only real competitive online game I play. Uh, I just like the style of it. I like the looting. I like the open world. I like the teams aspect of it. If you play with teams and I just love the idea of it being so dynamic, you never know where the circle's going to end. You never know what loot you're going to find and you just have to pick up and then you have to work with what you got. And uh, sometimes you find a shotgun. Sometimes you find a machete <laughs> and you, sometimes you got to kill people with your punches. So it's all, it's all over the place, but uh, PUBG obviously took the world by storm this year. Uh, and I'm hoping that they can work out the kinks because you have games like Fortnite, which I also played Fortnite's battle Royale mode, which, uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, Epic's take on the game and we'll see where that goes. Um, it's, uh, it, it's cool and it's, it's different enough where it's not stealing the thunder, but it keeps PUBG on its toes. It needs to keep making good random updates or it's not going to survive in the own genre that it created. Uh, so, so I was playing that throughout the, uh, most of my nights competitive gaming, I was playing that a couple other great games. I played, uh, divinity original sin two. It's like those old school Baldur's gate RPGs, except you can play up to four people co-op and it kicks ass. Like, like you wouldn't think a four player co-op game would work in that turn-based kind of setting totally works. And, uh, it's an incredible game. They have a lot of neat physics like, Oh, if you do a fire spell, but there's oil barrels, it'll blow up the oil barrels. You can blow up poison with fire. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of stuff like that and uh, in the game, so it's really cool, but then it's got that Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter Nights kind of feel to it, except the combat's all 100% turn-based. Uh, but really well done. 
Um, and it sticks very true to certain things like um, bladed weapons work worse against skeletons than, say, a, a blunt weapon would. So there's a lot of that D&D aspect to it, which is just awesome. So Divinity Original Sin 2 came up as a surprise, uh, as a surprise but I really ended up liking it a lot. And lately I've been playing a lot of, um, oh, and then, uh, and then I finished South Park, the fractured butthole. So South Park was, was fine. Um, I love the first South Park stick of truth is one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Like it's top 10, probably RPGs of all time. And this game, I think it suffered from sequelitis, but I think more so it suffered from the first game took the greatest moments in South Park history and used them. And then this game was left with, well, what, do we have left to use as really cool and epic moments and it suffered there were a couple moments that i really like i laughed and shook my head at and there were some moments where i was just like eh, i don't get it you know like and, and and as a someone who hasn't watched south park for quite a few years now a lot of the references went over my head and it was disappointing like in stick of truth you have this epic moment where you go to canada and it turns the game into like a 8-bit overhead rpg like a world map and it's incredible but there's no moment like that in, in Fractured Butthole. So Fractured Butthole, in my opinion, very solid 6 or 7 out of 10. Fun game, but did not have any of those wow factors that made Stick of Truth a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10, in my opinion. But that was the first game I had finished like since Zelda, I think. Because I had been playing so many games for the YouTube channel. And I've been doing so much stuff that I wasn't actually finishing games. And so that's why I've been kind of in a funk lately. Like I'm having a hard time trying to play what I want to play. And I played like... Uh, yakuza kiwami i put that in there and i was enjoying it but i didn't finish it um so i had to do that i i want to play i haven't played uncharted lost legacy yet i haven't played persona 5 like there's so many great games that came out and they didn't make this list because i just didn't get a chance to play them um and then uh but so then more recently um i uh so more recently i was playing uh, a game called legion td2 which is a tower a, a multiplayer tower defense game where you actually play against another team it's based off an old mod for like, I think Starcraft two or even Warcraft three, maybe super cool though. And, um, really awesome competitive game. And I'm definitely gonna put more time into that in this coming year. I'm still playing some PUBG here and there, but I'm, I'm waning on that. I've, I, I retired from rocket league officially. Uh, my boy, Brandon and I, uh, we tried to play about a month or so ago now, I think. And, um, man, it just, I, I'm so bad at it now. I can't compete. I can't even control my car. Like I couldn't do aerials anymore. I couldn't float up anymore. And so my time with Rocket League has come to an end, even though that was, I mean, an excellent game that I, I put a lot of time into. And Brandon and I over the summer actually played quite a bit. We hit, I was able to hit platinum status for the first time in my life. I hit platinum rank and then I retired. So um, I retired out uh, at, at the highest rank I ever was. So I went out on top <clears throat> in my book. <laughs> um, uh, so Legion TD2 retired from Rocket League. And then um, I started playing I Am Setsuna, actually. Was, this is the game I'm trying to use to pull myself out of a funk. So we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm cranking my way through it. I don't think it's going to win any awards for awesomeness, but I think it's a fine game, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. It reminds me of old-school RPG. You know, it uh, has a battle system of Chrono Trigger, but it has overworld maps and items to find and, and good questing. It, felt, it feels like an old-school RPG updated with, unfortunately, like newer-style 3D graphics, which I would, I'd rather just have hand-drawn sprites, but... It is what it is. And so then that kind of brings me to where I am now, which is still trying to do some first thirties here and there or some Greg plays, but I haven't really played anything of any substance. And so there are a few games that I really, really want to dig into, um, but just haven't got a chance to. And then you have things, some of the biggest disappointments of the year, I think were destiny Two. I think what they're doing with their DLC plans are just 
just awful. And they're, they're starving people for content and then charging you $20 three months after the game comes out for more content. Um, Star Wars Battlefront 2, obviously, you have a Star Wars game that will do well regardless because of the movie coming out. But then you take it one step too far trying to milk people in these microtransactions and pay-to-win schemes. So that was a huge, huge disappointment. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's that, those are kind of the only disappointments that come to mind. Like there were there weren't really any other games that I played and was expecting to like that I didn't. Um, the new Need for Speed Payback looked really good, and then it just fell flat. It was really boring, repetitive missions. Uh, it was basically Fast and the Furious the game, but not good. Um, uh, other than that, it's hard to think of any real disappointments in any games I was trying to play besides those, those big ones. And, and you know, those are both from EA and Activision. Um, I also played a lot of, uh, Legion, um, with the wow expansion earlier in the year. So I wasn't playing so much, uh, I wasn't playing so much. Um, it was a lot of it was last year, but I actually played a little bit this year too. I still have my wow subscription up. I should probably cancel that because I don't think I'll ever play it again unless the next expansion somehow does something really, really good. But uh, so that's it. That's kind of my year in review. So those are some of the best games I played of 2017. A few of the missteps along the way that I think people had. But all in all, I think that uh, 2017 was actually a really incredible year for games. It didn't look so initially with the amount of big releases that were coming out, but a lot of great titles snuck in under the radar. And hopefully I'll get a chance to play those games from 2017 I missed, but 2018's not starting off much lighter. And the end of January, we have Monster Hunter Worlds, which is going to be my game of the year most likely. Uh, and I'm just going to tear into that, uh, forever. I mean, that, that seems to me like a game I could play nonstop as I keep trying to finish everything. And as I keep adding new monster hunts and stuff like that. So, uh, but anyway, I'd love to hear if you're listening to this on YouTube, I'd love to hear your like top games of the year. Uh, I'd love to hear what you played. And even if you want to give me a timeline of like which games you played during which months, I think that'd be awesome. And, uh, yeah, so uh, that that's kind of my year in review uh, for 2017, the state of gaming in uh, in 2017, and uh, this this will probably be my last podcast of 2017 if I had to guess. Next week I won't be able to do one, and then technically the week after that is going to be New Year's. So uh, it'll be 2018 uh, once we skip next week. I'll probably hop on to give you guys like a, a happy holiday message. You know, just because I like to keep the flow of every week having something from me, so you don't think I'm <laughs> falling off the planet. But uh, it has been an incredible year. And I said this on the Star Wars one. So if you've listened to that already, I apologize if I'm doubling this up. But I'm, I'm so damn proud of my YouTube channel with, uh, that I'm doing with the guys. We started at the end of April. And our YouTube channel broke 500 subscriptions last week. And, I, I, you know, we work really hard at this stuff. I take almost a whole day out of my week doing editing and making these videos and, and um, doing the podcast and stuff. Chipping into that. Jordan puts a ton of time in. Jeremy's working on the streaming angle. And so we've got all of these like pieces together that could make a great YouTube channel. And, uh, and so we just really appreciate all the support we've had and, and, and we're doing something that's pretty uncommon, like to, to grow that fast is not happened very often and there's a lot of people that struggle with youtube and we certainly struggled in the beginning too and, and we finally seem to have found our groove and so i'm really i'm really proud of that and I, I appreciate all the support from you guys if you're listening to this on soundcloud or our itunes i'd love it if you could go to our youtube and search for the drop rate and give us a sub there or if you want uh you can go to droprate.life that'll take you to our youtube channel you can subscribe there if you're watching this on youtube uh, and you haven't subscribed yet, I, I'd love it. You know, it would, it would help us out a ton. It would make, make me super happy. But in any case, uh, 
uh, after doing my Star Wars one and this one, I've been talking for a long time. I'm ready to get out of here. But I hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, have a happy new year if I don't get to chat with you again beforehand and, uh, you know, eat too much food and, uh, give some presents out and, and, and make a difference. Um, you know, and, and stop at Walmart and grab a cheap toy and give it to toys for tots, you know, little things like that. They're so easy and cheap to do. And it makes such a difference, you know, um, do, do, do some, do some good in the world, you know, tis the season as they say. Um, but as always, I appreciate you guys listening. Take care. We'll talk to you again soon.